We're going to be talking about intercession tonight. Last week, if you ordered the CD from last week, you're not getting one because... Uh, not because we didn't make one, but uh, what we did last week, it was snowing and everything, is uh, we read a prophecy, a four and a half page prophecy from, uh, and we prayed over it and stuff, but I figure you don't want a CD of listening to me read a prophecy, so I just, just get you a copy of the prophecy and you can read it yourself at the back of the church. And so if you ordered a CD from last week, that's why you, we didn't even make it. Hallelujah. But boy, it was a good time speaking that under the anointing. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Are you there with me? We're talking about, we're finishing our little school. We've been having a school on prayer on Wednesday night. A school of prayer. And not to, uh, really a refresher. It's more like a refresher course. Because we need to constantly refresh ourselves in these truths of the Word of God. And I believe you'll learn some things tonight too that maybe you hadn't heard before. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. It says, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. And um, this laborers together with God. Let me get the Amplified Bible. I'm going to need it here a little bit anyway. This is really a, a, a very good scripture that is a very good descriptive of prayer. A lot of people think prayer is talking with God, and you certainly can talk to God and need to every day. Or prayer is requesting things from God, and that is one type of prayer. But really the overall purpose in prayer is to be a partaker or a co-labor and to do the business of God in the earth. We are here and we are called to be that, that person of authority, that one of authority, and to take dominion and to open doors for God in the earth. And you, a lot of people, because they have this thing, and you can't hardly find anybody that doesn't think this, is that God is sovereign. God is sovereign in heaven. His word is sovereign. But in the earth, God cannot just do anything He wants to anytime because of... Adam selling out to the devil. And if God would, and, and you see bumper stickers that say God is in control. And if, but if I'm going to tell you something, if God was in control, there wouldn't be any homosexuality. Everybody be saved. Everybody be tithing. And everybody go to church every Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday night. Hallelujah. And probably several times in between to prayer and so forth. And so we know God's not in control. We know this earth is not going like God wants it to go. But, uh, but through the prayers of the saints, he's able to intervene and thank God for praying saints. Amen. And so I want to be more of one of those. I spent a lot of years not understanding that. I spent a lot of years praying, well, Lord bless so-and-so. And God can't do anything with Lord bless so-and-so. I mean, we have to have more understanding. I spent a lot of years uh, just, uh, in, I guess, just wanting to pray but not knowing anything about knowing how i know in 1985 was it 85 no it was 84 in 1984 we'd already been pastoring a year and a half hallelujah this is scary when you think about it um we'd been pastoring a year and a half and i said lord you need to teach me to pray Hallelujah. And, you know, he answered that prayer because he got me hooked up with a set of tapes from Larry Lee in Rockwall, Texas, who had that, remember, could you not tarry one hour? Does anybody old enough to remember that? But me and Miss Jean were the only one. Everybody else way too young. Hallelujah. But anyway, 
And so I got hooked up with that set of tapes and God changed my life with Could You Not Tarry One Hour and got on a track. Been learning ever since. You never quit learning more about prayer and how and and uh so i'm always loving to listen to cds and stuff about prayer okay in but in first corinthians 3 verse 9 i'm gonna read it in the amplified it says for we are fellow workmen joint promoters labors together with and for god you are god's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation you are god's building so god's building us and he's causing us to grow because because we need to in our understanding, and but we are co-laborers with Him. And a lot of people says God doesn't need us, but He does. He needs us in the earth, and He He need He doesn't need us in heaven. He's not wanting to just get all the Christians and take them to heaven because He needs us down here. He needs us to be co-laborers with Him, to be declarers, to be speakers, to be uh, and 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 to speak things out in the earth that have to be spoken. That's why we read that. We wanted that prophecy, even though that prophecy came forth about Alabama and it came forth in Montgomery in July of 2009, we wanted that prophecy spoken in Tuscaloosa County about Alabama because it's important what you declare and what you say and, and, and you open the door for things. Hallelujah. And we have authority in this church. God told us when we moved here, He said, I've given you this city. He gave us a scripture, uh, and, and, he's, and, and then another person spoke it over us. He's given us this city. That doesn't mean nobody else can have an effect, but he, he, he wants us to take authority and to take dominion here as a church. Hallelujah. And this is our county. And amen. And you know, Brother Copeland's not going to fix it. Hallelujah. It's going to have to be us. And I'm sure there's other people that are too. I'm not taking the credit for it. And I thank God for the seeds of prayer uh, that were sown many hundreds of years ago even in Tuscaloosa County. I believe that Tuscaloosa County is where it's at today and because of prayers that the saints offered years ago. And your prayers, they never stop. They never stop. They never stop having an effect on... on the, uh, God doesn't say, now you prayed that prayer that day and it's only for that day. No. And in fact, a lot of things we're praying now. I know sometimes when I'm praying now, I realize I'm praying for the millennium. And I'm out there in the millennium already praying things out. And so don't ever give up on a prophecy or anything just because God's so way out there ahead of us. And he, you know, we always think, well, that didn't come to pass. And that was two weeks ago. Well, hallelujah. It may take 45 years for it to come to pass, but God wanted it said. Amen. So don't ever get up, give up things that are things that I know I was reading a prophecy today by Joel Osteen, I mean, not Joel Osteen, John Osteen in 1983. And I said, Lord, that sounds just like it was for today. He didn't even live to see that. And he prophesied it in 1983. And so don't, don't, you gotta, you, that's one thing. If you're going to be a good prayer, you're going to have to get the time limits off of your prayers. Hallelujah. So we're co-labors. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about intercession. And what is intercession? What is intercession? Now back in the early days, the 80s I would say, I'm guessing on that, could have been the 70s, Brother Hagen wrote a book called The Art of Intercession. I still have that book, The Art of Intercession. But in later years, you can't buy that book now. Now it's called The Art of Prayer. And the reason he changed it is because he came into greater revelation. See, we used to think all prayer was intercession. And we had intercessory, we'd say, we're going to meet on Monday night and have intercessory prayer. 
and a lot of times we did other kinds of praying. And then we found out from Ephesians chapter 6 uh, that there's all kinds of prayer, different kinds of prayer, and that we're to use all the kinds of prayer. We need to have a working knowledge of all the kinds of prayer. And we've talked about a few of them in the last four weeks, five weeks, however long we've been going. Not all of them, but I, and I know on Sunday night, a month ago when we had our soaking prayer, I, I spent some time teaching on soaking prayer. Well, we couldn't even have taught that 10 years ago. We didn't know anything about it. Hallelujah. That's kind of, and the word, don't worry about the word because it's a new title that's a contemporary title for getting in the presence of God. I mean, that's really essentially what soaking prayer is. But also, God showed more revelation about how to do it and how to get there. And the things that have been, been taught has given us the faith to enter in. I know I used to not have a clue. I used to try to get down in my floor in Seminole, Texas, when we first started pastoring. I'd get down in the floor on my stomach, try to seek God, and not have a clue of how to get there. And if you don't know what, listen, what you don't know about, you don't have faith for. And so really I got down there with a hungry heart, but I didn't have faith to enter in because I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing or what I was even looking for. And I'm not, so I could have learned more. I could have kept pressing. But you know, uh, then I fell into the just kind of the way that our people were doing it at that time. And, and I just got to spit, I just got to just going in and praying and worshiping God for a few minutes and then, just, uh, well, just doing the best I could, I guess, is what you'd say. And so we've been praying a long time, me and Pastor, but we've learned more, I bet, in the last two years about prayer. So let's talk about intercession tonight and what exactly is it and some of the things of what it's not. But prayer, if you just want to get a real, I mean, intercession, if you want to give a real simple definition, is going to the Father for someone else. It just basically is that. But let's look it up because... Uh, and you know, sometimes, and we aren't nitpicking over this, when you go to a prayer meeting, you'll be in and out of all different kinds of prayer as you flow with the Holy Ghost. You may pray the prayer of faith, then you may make supplication, then you may be over here into intercession. Uh, but so don't worry about, you know, when you're down praying, am I supplicating or am I interceding? You don't have to worry about those things. But we will teach you some things that are going to help you uh, get more into intercession. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. You're, you hadn't been to Ezekiel in a few weeks. We just drive by it most of the time, don't we? As we're getting to Isaiah. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, And it says, And I sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Hallelujah. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. God is always a wanting to help people and show mercy. I mean, He wants to prevent every wreck. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It says that in the Bible. He gives no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He wants to prolong the life of the wicked. The longer they live, the better chance they'll have of receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so he's not wanting the wicked to die. So he takes pleasure when, uh, when there's someone to stand in the gap and prevent things. Amen? And so he looks for a man. He looks for a person. For every crisis that has been, that has ever been, he looked for an intercessor. And I will tell you this though, sometimes it takes more than one intercessor. Sometimes it's more than one intercessor can do. 
I know there were several prophets that picked up on 9-11 in their prayer time. I know uh, Jean, Jean, Jean Wilkerson, was that her name, Brother Hagen, the one he would let prophesy to him? Uh, yeah, I think she went to be with the Lord. I'm not positive about that. Okay, she, he, he, she was picking up on it. Uh, before a week ahead of time, she was picking up on it in the spirit. And I know there were others. I've heard them say that they picked up on it. Joe Morris said he knew. He knew something was up in New York. He even saw a plane one time. He saw a plane fly into a building. But a lot of times it takes, the, it takes more than one to stop something. And so the church has to be, the church has to be listening to God. And uh, so if we'll put our listener on, uh, God will give us things to pray about. And you don't, you know, I think that one thing is we've always been afraid. I know I was in my early years. It's like, oh my Lord, because that was back when you heard a lot about everything was intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer. And, the, and the even churches were hiring intercessors that were on staff full time. And they would go we, into a closet. I know Odessa Christian Faith Center had one. And she went in the closet at eight in the morning. She came out at five. And I thought, that is not me, Father. And I remember one time we went over to Odessa to church and to visit with them on an off service or something. And Pastor um, Don K would call me up and prophesied over me that I was called to prayer. I was having none of it, I can tell you. I did not like it. It was like, I didn't like him saying it. I didn't. And now I didn't, I wanted to pray, don't get me wrong. But I wasn't letting, you weren't speaking on that eight to five praying stuff on me, I can tell you. Uh, in the closet, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a girl and girls just want to have fun. Hallelujah. And, and I didn't think that sounded like fun. You know, fun is shopping, eating lunch out, and uh, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Now, that's my definition of fun. That might not be anybody else's. But uh, the, the older I get, the less fun that shopping part is, too. Hallelujah. Um, anyway, but it's still, I can still bear it. Y'all just, I can still take it. <laughs> hallelujah. Anyway, so uh, uh, I think that we've not liked that word intercession is my point. And we've thought, oh my Lord, I, I'm not called to that. I can tell you that's somebody else's call. But anyway, Ezekiel 22:30 said he sought for a man to stand in the gap. And he's always looking for that person that will stand in the gap. And gaps are simply this. They're things that are wrong. When you see something wrong in a family or in a person, uh, God's looking for somebody to stand in the gap there. Hallelujah. Or it's anywhere something is missing. Or uh, where some, it's, it's a place where someone through ignorance or neglect is not taking their own authority. A lot of people don't know to take their own authority. Amen. Uh, it's also when someone is facing a problem so big that they can't get it by themselves. And we come alongside to help. We become that stander in the gapper. You know, when somebody has cancer, I can guarantee you it's already too big for them by themselves. I can promise you it is. I don't care who they are. And for one, especially if they've progressed any towards where they are on crazy medications, that your brain doesn't even function right. You know, you need, uh, you need an intercessor. Or if you are in pain, to be your own intercessor if you're in pain is just like, uh, you know, and that's what we're called alongside people to help them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus.
So anybody can find these gaps. And when we intercede for others, it, it will turn things around. Amen? Ephesians 6 verse 10. Let's go back over there. So God's seeking for people now to stand in the gap. And I'm gonna, I'll say this now. I may have to repeat it later because I'm not sure if I got this in my notes. But I'm going to say it now. Is uh, uh, there, You are not going to be able to stand in every gap you see. Because that is more than any one person could take on. Amen. And I will tell you something that you're going to be really surprised at. So, is that God will never ask you to pray prayers he doesn't intend to answer. So if he doesn't intend to answer it, he's not going to put it on you as an intercessory or prayer burden. In other words, if there's some reason that prayer cannot be answered, and sometimes prayers, you, you, if you believe that all prayer can be answered, then you are way back and need to learn a bunch. And surely you know by now, you know, that there are things that block prayers from being answered. For one thing, God won't override what someone has said and declared over themselves. And if they've said, I'm going to die when I, before I'm 40 because granddad did and grandma did and all my, and you know, guess what? God won't override what they said. I don't care if you pray till you turn blue and the cows come home. So that's why we're led by the Spirit to what we put our intercessory prayer to. Hallelujah. But when you see a gap, you can, you can search your heart and see if you're assigned to it. And that's why a lot of prayer meetings don't work is because people get up in the room and everything they thought or heard that day and everybody they heard that got a diagnosis and everybody they heard through the grapevine, I heard that sister so-and-so over in El Rod, you know, her cousin, third by marriage, third time removed, she has something and we need to pray for her tonight. Well, we probably don't. Hallelujah. Or sometimes it's like we just heard, well, you know, uh, there's, there's uh, chaos in the streets of Egypt tonight. Are we the intercessors for it? Well, I don't know. We ought to see, you know. Sometimes you're not the intercessor for it because God's got it covered. See, it's not the more that prays, the better. Sometimes one person can stop something. And however many God needs, he'll get that many. As long as we're not neglectful. Now, if we neglect uh, things, it'll cost us in our own families and so forth. If we're waiting for Brother Copeland to get it for our family, I guarantee you he's not going to be able to. Hallelujah. So uh, we're in Ephesians 6, aren't we? Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is the verse we're really going to. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This tells us that, you know what this tells us? One thing is demons are at work all the time. So we must be at work. And you know what? I've been this way before where it's like, I just don't want to pray today. I do not want to pray. But I, you know the devil don't take it. Or I don't want to make my confessions today. I'm just not in the mood. You can't believe how many days I'm not in the mood to speak my faith confessions and stuff. There is no good thing in my flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And my flesh wants to be lazy just like yours. And my flesh gets bored. My spirit don't never get bored with the Word of God, but my flesh does. 
And my flesh says, you know, but the devil, the demon don't take a day off. He does not take a day off. But I will tell you, say, well, then can you mean that I can never have a day off? No, I don't mean that. If you are faithful in prayer, I have had God tell me this before. I've had him say to me, now you just rest today. See, God knows when everything's covered. And if God tells you that, and he's given me days off, and it's not, it's not that it's not all that, it's not like once every 10 years, I'll tell you that. It's not that rare. It's not that rare. It's not real often either, but it's not that rare that God will give me a day and he'll say, no, you don't even think about it. Don't even have to pray today. Don't even pray. And he'll let me rest that day. And of course, some days I get more praying done than others, just like you do. Amen. Hallelujah. And you don't, you know, you may not pray the same every day. I know I certainly don't. And if you're praying the very same thing every day, you are going to get bored. You've got to have a fresh and alive and personal relationship with the Holy Ghost. And so that it's fresh, it's new, it's hot every day. It's not, you know, and you see, God will show you or tell you something every day. If you're going day after day after day and God's not saying anything to you and you're praying, you're going in there and you're not hearing nothing or seeing nothing or and nothing, you hadn't made a connection. You are not, you know, it's kind of like, have you ever talked on the phone, like a cell phone and somebody has gone into a dip? I've talked to Miss Jean for 15 minutes before when she'd dip out there in Buell. And you know, you go in a hole out there in Buell and you won't come out for 30 minutes sometime. It is no man's land, some places out there. Hallelujah. You know, I'd just be talking up a storm to her and not even remember what I, where it was that it quit, you know? Hallelujah. Why? Thank you, Jesus. Telling her something so important and, and hallelujah. But, and, that, but, and see, we didn't have a connection. And so if you aren't hearing something and God's not ministering to you and something's not moving and you're not having an encouragement or a word or an inspiration or uh, in your prayer time, you aren't making a connection and you need, to, uh, you need to figure out how to get a new connection with God where you're not connecting. Okay? So demons working all the time. That's why the scriptures taught us and so did Brother Hagin to watch and pray. Watch and pray, because you know it, you can't. You gotta know what's happening today, what you need to take care of today, what needs to be said and done today. Hallelujah! Just seeing and knowing things, and and uh, oh, I'll tell you, <clears throat> you know, I had kind of uh, you know I made a commitment to the Lord. Two things this year, I made a commitment that I was going to do my best to. Uh, <clears throat> to get in the presence of God every day. And I had not always done that. I had always praised Him and had always launched into prayer with both feet. But just to take the time to settle down and really enter into that throne room of grace and spend time just in His presence, not really asking, not really saying anything, just soaking in His presence, letting Him show me what He wanted to show me that day or say what He wanted to say. But I made a commitment. And so I've done pretty good at that. But And I also made a commitment, though, that I was going to really release my faith in Psalm 91 every day. And I had not done as good a job on that. And because uh, I make other confessions and stuff. But um, was it Tuesday? Tuesday morning, I was in a hurry, kind of, and I thought, but I had this impression of Psalm 91. And I said, okay, I'm just going to do this right quick. And so I just went through Psalm 91. And that day, that day, this 
crazy driver in the Winn-Dixie parking lot nearly took the whole side of my car off. It wasn't enough room for a, you, you couldn't have put anybody between us. An angel, I know an angels were standing, but this kept our cars apart. And I said, Lord, you, you know, and that's why we have to be sensitive to the spirit and follow him. Hallelujah. Because he knows what's out there. And so I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to do better. Because who would have thought? I wouldn't have. You know, when you're praying or driving and somebody comes to mind, have you ever had that happen? Somebody you hadn't thought of in a long time, maybe even an old schoolmate or something. Uh, you know, most often, probably not 100% of the time, but most often that's the Holy Ghost. And you have to test this. You can test it to see if it's the Holy Ghost or just, you know, you're just having uh, just old memory flashbacks, you know, whatever. But you can test it, and the way you test it is you don't ignore it. For one thing, you cannot afford to ignore it. But you can test it by starting to pray. And you can see if the Holy Ghost takes hold with you on it to pray for them. I found most of the time it's not a great deal of prayer God's wanting me to do for them, but it is just a something specific that I feel as I pray in the Spirit for a minute, something specific will come out of my mouth just for that person. So uh, you shouldn't ignore it. You shouldn't ignore it. Some, some intercession assignments are from heaven. Some intercession is just because we care and someone is near or dear to us. And that's okay. If someone is near and dear to you, and you, it is okay. God is, wants you to, you know, but it may not be that He specifically assigned it to you. But I, I guess, you know, you, you know, it just some of it should be understood. If something's wrong with one of my children, I shouldn't have to have an assignment from God, you know, to know I ought to pray and I need to pray and I would want to pray. And so I would really just go straight to intercession and I wouldn't even think about whether God was assigning that to me. But some then times God gives us an assignment of intercession. And you don't have to worry. He's not going to overload you with so many assignments that you're just juggling balls. Man, I don't even know how I could get all these people prayed for. And that's a mistake a lot of people make is they have a long prayer list of 35 or 40 people on a piece of paper and they try to pray for them all every day. You, that is, you're not being effective if you're doing that. And God usually will have maybe two or three prayer assignments on you at a time. Well, probably one that's really major that He wants you to pray. I know He gave me a prayer assignment in uh, 2009, was it? No, it had to be. Yeah, eight. I don't know. The end of 08, I think, He just showed me, made me aware that there were going to be 36 governors to come up for re-election in 2010, and I was to pray for the governors of the states. And He said, God, if I can't get... He said this, if I can't get it done through the, on the national level, I'll get it done through the state level, what I want done. I actually believe He's doing a lot more of that than we know of right now. And so I was assigned to pray for these governors, and so I printed down the whole list of governors from the Internet. It showed when they were going to be reelected, and I, I did. I just gave myself to it, and I included y'all somewhat in it, but mostly it was my assignment. But you can get people to help you on some parts of it. Anyway, so I, I, I believe I fulfilled that assignment what I was supposed to do and what I was able to do by myself. And I know I'm not the only one that got that assignment. There were other people in, that got that same assignment. But um, 
So some things are assignments and some of them are just because we care. So even on those, we just, when it's somebody near and dear, we launch out on our own. We see if the Holy Ghost takes hold with us. But when you are praying, when God gives you an assignment like he did me, those governors, it's not so much about feelings. You cannot go by feelings when he gives you that kind of assignment. Because if God wants somebody prayed for, it don't matter, matter if you know them. It doesn't matter if you like them. It don't matter. If he wants them prayed for, you are a co-laborer with God. You don't have the right to pick and choose what you'll pray for, who you'll pray for. And so if it's an assignment, don't go by feelings is what I'm trying to say here. You know, Miss Phyllis Webb told me one time, or a group of us actually, she said, uh, if you like, maybe you have a, think you have a, you've been assigned to pray for Pastor Michael. Of course, all the church should pray for him, but there should be people in the church that have a specific assignment to pray for the pastor. And if you don't, I, if that is not happening in this church, then what God wants to do in Tuscaloosa County through Word of Life Church will not happen. Hallelujah. So, if you do have an assignment from God for a particular person like him, then he gets up from the pulpit and he says something that just, you don't understand why did he say that. And Miss Webb, Pastor Webb's wife told me this. She said, don't ever ask why they did something or it'll keep you from praying. See, if we let, our, we'll let our flesh say, well, you know, I just don't understand that. I don't know why he's doing that. I don't really agree with him doing it that, that way. But God didn't ask you to agree. He asked you to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. And sometimes God will change a person just by your prayers. I've changed my mind about some things before where I got more light. And then sometimes God just changes us and we finally see it. But, you know, either way, we just need to get the praying done. So Ephesians six twelve. there we were reading about... Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers. So we're not praying against a physical enemy here. We are not praying. I don't care if somebody did you wrong. It is not a, a flesh and blood enemy. The devil just was able to use them. That's all it is. You are wasting your time being angry, bitter, and all that kind of stuff. If you want to get mad, you need to get mad at the devil. Hallelujah. Because you know what? We all let the devil use us sometimes. We all do. And so we're wasting our time when we get mad at people. And if people, man, if things are opposing us at work, it's a devil. It's demon spirits. Unless you truly, you know, when the Bible says not to say, you know, you're being persecuted for the word when you actually, you know, if you're taking a smoking break every 10 minutes, then say, well, I'm just getting persecuted because of the word. Well, you probably aren't. So there are times it's just you. It's not the devil. But if there is no reason for the persecution and you've been doing your job and people are just coming against you, they're just being used by the devil. And some people, the devil has used them so much so long, they're good at it. They are experts. They really are. And so uh, it's a flesh, it's not a flesh and blood enemy that we are fighting against. So in intercessory prayer, you've got to remember, remember that you're, you're not fighting a flesh and blood enemy. In Isaiah 59, let's go there. We're talking about intercession. So if you don't remember that, though, you'll get off and start fighting the wrong thing in prayer. You know, you'll start fighting the congressmen and the presidents and 
the uh, Mubarak and hallelujah. But that's, not, that's a, not a flesh and blood enemy. And they're just being used by the devil and most of the time don't even know it. And sometimes they might know it, but either way. You will never conquer it if you don't recognize where it's coming from. Isaiah 59, 4. None, and hey, a lot of your prayer assignments can be very, very long term, like years. Hallelujah. Sometimes it can be for someone you never see or know. You just knew you were praying for a person. Maybe you have a name. Maybe you have a face up before you that comes before you. Maybe you do know the name. There are people assigned to Hollywood stars and they actually pray for them on a continual basis. Isaiah 59, 4 and 5. And you know we're going to get up there to heaven. We're going to be so surprised at some of the people that are up there. Hallelujah. None call, Isaiah 59, 4, None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. We're focused on the part about calling for justice and pleading for truth. And then drop down to verse 14. It says, um, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. How can we make, these, how can we make it enter? We have to give it a door. We have to give justice a door by prayer. Remember, God can't, he's just not up there saying, doing, calling all the shots. He's waiting for us to open a door. We have to open the door for God into our family and into our lives and, and into, uh, you know, situations in the earth. And when we pray, we open the door for God to move and intervene. And if we're a continual prayer, we'll keep that door open all the time. Hallelujah. And you know, when something violates you, you know, if a car runs up in your yard and knocks over your post or something, you say, wow, my shield, I didn't have my house covered good enough. That's how you ought to react. Oh, these things happen. Not to you, they don't. If you get it covered, I always take it like, what door do I have open? What do I do? I, even if I give symptoms, I'm like, whoa, I'm not, this is not supposed to happen. And, and, and I'll tell you, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, it's, you know, justice and, and uh, judgment and uh, truth and equity are looking for a way to enter. Yes, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. It displeased God that there was no one to intervene. And see, we are to call on judgment. We are to call for justice. We are to call on judgment for righteousness' sake. We're not to just sit back and let the Supreme Court and the judges of the earth do anything they want to. We are to call in prayer on justice and, and judgment and God to uproot things, uproot that man. If there's a man in the courts that's not making godly decisions and he's giving sexual predators 30 days and stuff like that, which you've heard of things like that, you need to call on judgment. We call for judgment there, Lord. We ask you to uproot him and pluck him out. Father, we thank you that the pressure comes on him and he'll resign. Hallelujah. We're not asking you to kill him, Lord. We're just asking you to get him out of the office. Hallelujah. 
Because it's not, you know, and any, I pray things, if, if anybody that is stubbornly and wickedly set themselves against God and anybody that stubbornly and wickedly set themselves against the United States of America, if they're in political office, uproot them and pluck them out. And if they, uh, are, uh, and uh, expose them. Any terrorists in this nation, cause them to be exposed, Lord God. Anybody that's harboring terrorists or, or uh, uh, teaching terrorists to fly airplanes like they did down in Florida, uproot them, expose them, cause somebody to know. Amen. Hallelujah. That's calling on justice and giving God a way in. I mean, we can go, we can, hey, if we just forget it all and don't say anything, we'll be like Indonesia. We'll be like, you know, we'll, that, that's what America will be like. It's like, because nobody's over there, you know, if you're worshiping a cow, you know, you're not. <laughs> and that's, those, those, that's what's, what's wrong with those nations. And I have it all figured out. Y'all can just elect me president. I, because, I, hallelujah. I got it figured out. I do. I mean, I got it figured out. You know how much money they're going to get from the United States to build nations when I'm president? They're, no, they're gonna, I'm going to give the tithe. And you know who I'm going to put it in the hands of? Ministers, pastors in those nations. And let them distribute it instead of the corrupt politicians like that Haiti. They just, they just sucked up all that money and put it in their own pockets and... Now, I'm going to give it to pastors. Like That's what Lester Summerall used to do. He used to get boatloads of food and trucks of food and for nations. He'd gather it up, and he would take it. But when he got there, he gave it to the pastors, and he let them distribute it. And, you know, if you want my food, you're going to listen to the gospel message. Hallelujah. That's how it's supposed to be. So when I'm president... My daddy says, when I'm the governor of Texas, I'm going to build a fence all the way around it. <laughs> That's what he says. So I got that from him. No. Okay, um, verse 16. Let's go ahead and read this part. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness it sustained him. You know, in the end, God's going to win. But, you know, things can be a lot better here on this earth if he has intercessors. He, in the end, though, he will win. But if we don't have intercessors, it's just not going to work. Okay. Uh, in, the in the Amplified, in that verse, verse 16, it says, He sought for an intercessor to intervene. I like that. That really explains what it's like. He sought for an intercessor to intervene on behalf of truth and right. To intervene on behalf of truth and right. And then verse 19, let's read that. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Well, let me ask you how you think that standard is going to be lifted up against the enemy. It's going to be done by intercession. And this book, is, this whole chapter is talking about intercession. Sometimes we just think, well, now God's going to lift up a standard. He is if you intercede. Hallelujah. In Romans 8, 26, it says, the, the, well, I'm, I'm going to run over there. Stay right. Don't hold your finger because we're not leaving Isaiah. But I'm going to run over here to Romans 8, 26. Because see, we're, just, we're thinking that God's going to do all this. 
and we're thinking wrong. It says, uh, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth, helpeth, helpeth. The Spirit helpeth. And that word helpeth means, if, if you've ever listened to Brother Hagin, you know this, take hold together with against. The Holy Spirit's going to take hold together with against that intercessor. He's going to take hold together with us. And that's why when you're praying for something, you need to check and see if the Holy Spirit's... You know, sometimes we could even not understand and mispray, you know, because we don't see the whole picture. And we do see through a glass darkly. So when you're praying for something, make sure the Holy Spirit's taking hold together with you when you're praying. You know, and how do you tell? Well... You know, if you just kind of can't get anywhere in prayer for that subject, you're probably not getting the Holy Spirit's help on it. You know? Or if it just kind of seems to be flat, and it's like, well, you know, I don't know. Or if you just can't get any leading to pray for something. Have you ever had somebody pray, ask you to pray for something, and then you just can't get any leading for it? It's not my assignment. See, we need to be careful. We're not trying to push our assignment for, you know, maybe you have an assignment to a church or you have assignment to a ministry, you know. You feel like you're supposed to be praying for Kenneth Copeland or something, and you're like, well, and you want us to pray. But that's not our assignment. That might be your assignment, though. And, you know, you can test the waters and see if that, you know. But a lot of things are your assignment. A lot of people are your assignment, and it doesn't take both of us. But a lot of times because of our insecurity and our not knowing who we are in Christ, and we just, we don't like carrying these prayer burdens sometimes. It's like we want to pawn our prayer burdens off on somebody else. I know I have. I've tried to pawn them off on Miss Jean before. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I probably have. I don't really know if I have, but I know I've tried to pawn them off. And sometimes we do need help. And thank God for people that help us. Uh, and I know know this, that when it comes to things for the church, I don't have to carry it by myself. I can, I can get help praying it through because it's not, you know, sometimes my, we say our church, but when we say our church, we're not talking about Michael and Debbie Billings' church. This is not our church. Uh, it is ours. We've taken ownership in the sense of responsibility. But if we ever decide to move, we can't take it with us. We can't take the property with us. It's a 501c3, you know. This is not ours. This is all of ours. Hallelujah. And really, it's G it belongs to Jesus. And we're the, we're the, we're the stewards of it. Hallelujah. Um, so we're back in Isaiah 59. Let's look in verse uh, 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, which shall not depart out of thy mouth, and nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. So here we go here. Uh, so when the intercessor prays, the standard is raised. And when the standard is raised and we've interceded, the Redeemer comes. This is how it works. The Redeemer comes and victory comes... Because it says here, uh, he remembers his covenant. And he remembers his word. As we're interceding, he remembers the covenant. He remembers his word. And then there's no chapter and verse, you know, just in our Bibles, but not in the original. And it says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. There in verse 60, verse 1. So after we intercede, the Redeemer comes and the victory comes and the light comes. The revelation comes after intercession. 
And in true intercession, in verse 21, it says, uh, My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I put in thy mouth. That's when it's true intercession, is when you get it into a place of prayer and it's His Spirit on you and His words coming out of your mouth. Amen? So uh, there's two ways to intercede. I'm about to wind this up. Number one, praying and speaking the word and praying in tongues. And as you pray in tongues, utterance in English may be given or it may not. But when we start out in intercession, like let's just say we have a unction to pray for the governors. I got released from that after the elections. But we have an unction to pray for the governors. Then I'm going to start out and I would start out and I would start with... Hey, Alabama was the first one on the list. I'd start, okay, I, Lord, I pray for the pres the one that I know he's, he's his term limits are up. It said so on the sheet. So I said, now, Lord, I thank you for the new governor of Alabama. And then I would just start to pray in tongues. And then if the, Lord, if the Holy Spirit gave me English, I would pray. So you've got to start out praying the Word or praying in tongues. And so uh, uh, that's the only place to start. Um, hallelujah. Let's go over to Colossians 2.1. I'll probably close with this. I said probably, but I don't know for sure. But it seems like I'm winding down. Colossians 2.1. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. So he Paul says here, I've got a conflict for you people over in Laodicea. In other words, God had put him on, on him a prayer burden, an intercessory burden, and that conflict word means contest, fight, or effort. He says, I've, I've got this burden on me. And you know what? We, uh, our fight has to be in the Spirit or we'll lose. We'll lose the fight if we're not in the Spirit. Always keep the fight in the Spirit. And that means you're not going to take this burden on yourself personally and get all depressed and all under it and all burdened down and all afraid and stressed and fearful. You have gotten in the flesh if you have, and you don't have this over in the Spirit. Pastor always told me, he's told me this for a long time, when we're under pressure, he'll say, Debbie, just keep the pressure on the Word. Don't take the pressure on yourself. When you do, that's when you end up with high blood pressure. You go to the doctor and he says, oh, your blood pressure, you need to start taking blood pressure medication. Oh, you know, and then you start having all sorts of symptoms in your body because I've been studying this recently and most there's just so many diseases. The root cause is stress, anxiety, fear. Stress, anxiety, fear. I've even had a doctor ask me before when I went in with symptoms, say, now have you really gotten stressed out about something lately? And he just punched my butt. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I never, that's the only time I've ever cried with a doctor. And he was, oh my God, he was such a, he was an old army doctor. He was about as compassionate as a fence post. And he just got his microphone and said, she is da 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 and put it all in a microphone and said, here, take this pill. When I got home, I threw that prescription away because I wasn't taking that pill. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the key is not to let this stuff get on you, and that's the walk I'm walking in now. Is, okay, I'm staying out of stress. I'm staying out of fear. Not letting any fear in. No fear of whatsoever finding every place in my life that's got any kind of fear in it. Any kind of fear. None. No fear. Fear is sin because it's just not trusting God. Hallelujah. Bottom line. 
<laughs> so not fearing disease, not fearing the doctor's report, not having a fear of symptoms. Some of us just, I can say this because I've been there before, just get way stressed out at symptoms. Just get over into fear and hallelujah, because the devil will tell you, you can have an achy toe and he'll tell you you have brain cancer. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He is such a liar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know y'all are laughing at me, but you have been there. And, you know, uh, and then that fear begets fear, and all of a sudden, hallelujah. And then you're stressed, and you're anxious, and you're, you know, and then you got an irregular heartbeat. And, uh, and then you're stressed and fearful about that, and then your blood pressure is 180 over whatever, you know. Hallelujah. And so we got to root it out, ruthlessly, ruthlessly root it out. And then we get mad at ourselves because my face's not working. What am I doing wrong? And then we're stressed over that. I know I've been there. It's like, what is the deal? And then we're like whining and crying because it's like, it just shouldn't be. I just can't take anymore. I said that once, and Pastor said, well, there's, a, there's one alternative. <laughs> and I think he was talking about... Uh, Hello, Jesus. <laughs> Hello, Jesus. It's, you know, this it is a fight. And, you know, as soon as we figure out the fight's not going to stop and you're going to have to fight all the time and keep on fighting and never let your guard down and keep pressing and keep going, you know, the better off we'll be. Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy. So it's a conflict. And we keep the fire over in the spirit. Hallelujah. I can't cover all of this. I, I put too many extras in. But let me just, enter, since I got off on that track, let me just say this about intercession. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, 7, stir up yourself to take hold of God. See, we don't sit around waiting for God to stir us up. We stir up ourselves to take hold of God. And, and, and one thing we need not do is let the devil be our stir. If you'll let him, he'll have you so stirred up, he'll have you praying for things that aren't your assignment. And I'll tell you something else, and this is what I want to end with. Don't let a crisis, don't wait for a crisis to be an intercessor. For one thing, learn to be an intercessor before you have a crisis. Then you'll know what to do when you have a crisis. I'm reminded of the Copelands. When the Copelands' little granddaughter, uh, Lindsay, I think it was, got meningitis and was near death, those people, all of them, they went into they, they didn't hesitate. They didn't wait a day. They didn't wait 15 minutes. They got there and they took charge in the spirit immediately. Too many times we were too slow to take hold and we let the devil get a foothold. And we got you got to jump on it. You got to pounce the first time anything said or any symptoms mentioned or it might be this or it might be that. You got to jump. And, you, and if, you're a, if you are already stirred up and you're already looking as an intercessor and you're watching and praying, and, and you know, if you hadn't prayed in two weeks and some crisis comes, you're just gonna, you're gonna go, duh. And then you're gonna take two or three days to get revved up. 
And the devil's going to have a foothold. And man, you are going to have a fight on your hand. But they won. That family, that whole family took a boy. Isn't that, that is God's plan right there for a whole family to be able to come together and take hold. Not one person in a family is trying to believe and the other 10 are sitting around talking unbelief and saying, well, you know, she's going to die. That's why, hallelujah, you don't need everybody to pray. You need the less some people know, the better. You know, my kids always jokingly say, Mom, we have you on a need-to-know basis. You need to put everybody in your family, except your husband, and that's only if they're a believer, on a need-to-know basis. You know, I've even found out, now y'all are going to think this is strange, but my kids can't help me, and they're believers. but they can't. I can help them, but they, they can't help me. I don't know why, but they just... For one thing, you know, if I tell them, well, now I, I've been having this symptom, they just look at me like, Mom, you can handle it, <laughs> you know. Hallelujah. Now, my husband, he can help me. Hallelujah. And some of you could help me better than my own kids could. You really could. Miss Jean's helped me before. She just said, it'll be all right. I like that. I mean, I, you don't know. I hung on to those words. And she said, it'll be all right. I said, well, Miss Jean said it'd be all right. And it was. Hallelujah. It got all right. Hallelujah. So I, it's not like God's left me without help, but sometimes you, we just try to call on the wrong people. Amen. So I, here's what I wrote down. Don't call the prayer chain unless God specifically tells you to. We don't have a prayer chain. Don't call them. And, you know, if you can't, you, I, call somebody don't know you if you need prayer. Call Andrew Walmart. Call the Copeland Ministry. Call Marilyn Hickey. Call somebody, and they're going to pray the prayer of faith over you, and they're not going to get down and waller with you and say, well, you know Grandpa had this, and he died, and I figure you're going to. And Hallelujah. You just don't need some people. Hallelujah. And people, you need to not tell people things. I learned that today. I told somebody something that wasn't a believer. And, and boy, right out of her mouth comes something that was just opposite of what I was believing. Yeah, I said to myself, I said, Debbie, you have learned your lesson. I'm never telling anybody like that anything ever again. I'm not. But the devil will try to bait you and worm it out of you from him. He knows you want to talk about it. You want to talk about your aches and pains. You do. I know. I do too. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's true. It's true. And so they'll bait you. Though That unbeliever will bait you every way. Well, what's wrong with your toe? You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know you're like, oh, do I say it's healed? <laughs> when it's hanging by thread. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Oh, Lord, we got to end someday. Let's stand up together. Let's pray a minute and then we'll take the offering. Just pray a minute in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Well, let's stir each other. You just pick somebody in this room and in your, in your prayer we're going to pray in the Spirit. You just believe God for them to be stirred up 
Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Well, oh, Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Oh, we stir up ourselves and we stir up the others in this room. In Jesus' name. Oh, Stir up the gift of God in my brothers and sisters. I believe this entire church is going to the next level in prayer in Jesus' name. I believe you're stirred in Jesus' name by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, Harabate Kebrata Kohoshi. Adabase Kebrete Keboso. Oda Kabashini Kebrate Kibahose. I believe, Father, that you will not recognize Word of Life Church by this time next year. In Jesus' name. It will be unrecognizable as it is today. In Jesus' name. That the anointing of God is changing us and stirring us. And Lord, liberating us and freeing us. And giving us such light in the name of Jesus. And such revelation and such power to minister Oh, Father God, that we will be unrecognizable. And Lord, we answer the call. We answer the call to prayer. We answer the call of God on our lives, individually and corporately. And we say yes to you, Lord. I will move forward. I will go on. Holy Speak. Spirit, be our guide, be our teacher. Lord, we don't know how to go and which how to increase, but Lord, we turn our entire lives and beings over to you. And in you, we live and move and have our being. And God, we move forward corporately in Jesus' name. Not for our sake so much, but for the state of Alabama and the uh, county of Tuscaloosa. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.